fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 78, and I'm very stoked to be sitting across from one of my favorite musicians on the planet, <laughs> But before we get into it, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer an audio-only version of this, you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and other places like that. If you're listening to me on one of those, though, and you didn't realize there was a visual side to this whole thing, then I'd encourage you to please come check it out here on YouTube. When you get here, if you'd consider subscribing, it would mean a lot to me. You don't have to, but uh, I've really enjoyed connecting with new listeners. So if you're just jumping in now or you've supported the show for a while, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. Finally, if you want to reach out to me, maybe you got a cool guest idea or some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. While you're there sending me a message, let me know if you're interested in one of these holofoil stickers with the show's logo, and I'll mail you one free of charge. Back to the guest, now that I got all that shit out of the way. Cool. As I mentioned, extremely talented musician, currently on tour with the phenomenal group, The Slackers, for their 30th anniversary. And promoting the new album as well, it's Mr. Vic Ruggiero. All right. Well, a pleasure to be here. Thank you for that... uh illustrious introduction yeah. there. That was very nice. How's the tour so far, man? And thank you, first of all, for doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, the tour's been... We 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 started with, um, a, like, our first out-of-lockdown tour at the end of last year. My goddamn phone. Are you kidding me? Hey. <laughs> that is an event God right there. Yeah, man. Now wow. I gotta turn it off. Like, Oh, yeah, I should actually take my dinger off. All right, too. maybe it's for the best, then, if this is yeah. gonna... Silence all I think the I had it. I turned it on so in case you... Damn, that's bad form on my part, though. I'm usually on that shit. Yeah, that's all right. Anyways, so, you were saying yeah. you started where? We, we started a tour. We did a November tour at the end of last year that was like our first, like, okay, you know, back to the, back to the road. Let's see what happens. And it went well right up until the last gigs, which other people started canceling because of Omicron, mm. particularly in New York. I think we had our heads so deep in the tour that we missed that, like, our last gig, basically, like, the last two were like, hmm, could we, should we think about it? Well, you know, maybe people were discussing it, but nobody seemed to be canceling, so it was one of those things. We all, we all got tested before the last shows, like, we had, uh, literally, the, the clubs were like, yeah, you come in, you get a test, you wait outside, and you come in if you're negative, you know? Uh, that went well. And then of course, Christmas happened. I got COVID over Christmas. I was in January. Yeah. That wrecked my, you know, I wrecked everybody's Christmas plans. Right. (laughs) We were like, look, you know, and then we usually take a couple of months off and we were like, okay, we'll start up now. We were kind of easing back into it. We did a long weekend here, a long weekend there. A lot of makeup shows. Testing the waters a bit. Yeah. A lot of makeup shows for shows that got canceled in 2020. Nice. That we still hadn't actually done. So this is like, we actually finally got to do some of the shows that were, you know, New Jersey was funny. I'm like, this was the show that we thought, oh yeah, I guess we'll push it back. We'll play Christmas, you know, March. Yeah. I mean, it'll, everything will be cool by Christmas, right? You know? <laughs> well, and uh, you must be feeling a difference in the crowds now this time around. Things are really kind of feeling like it might finally be... You hey, know, I, I don't want to jinx it. I ain't calling nothing, man. I ain't calling <laughs> nothing. We had we had uh, a lot of tickets. What happens now is people buy the tickets, and then when the day of the show comes, they decide whether they're cool or not to come. Oh, interesting. So we've been having this new phenomenon 
where people don't come and claim their tickets. So it's like, oh, we sold 800 tickets, but there's only 600 people at the show. Oh, that's a bummer. Because there's, well, hey, that's cool. But that's because there was a surge. Yeah, they're or, not bringing the virus. That's good. People said, yeah, people didn't feel well or whatever, mm. whatever the case. I'm cool with that because I do the same thing. You know, I'll be like, yeah, I'll buy the ticket. Most of the advanced tickets I ever bought, I, I don't usually go to the show. I'm like a walk-up person, you know? Yeah. Bands, you know, the bands hate that, right? My band hates <laughs> it. They're always, oh, do we have advanced tickets. But uh, no, it's, it's been cool. I am, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that everything goes well. Well, I mean, I saw you guys doing uh, Wasted Days quarantine style, which I thought was super cool. You yeah. guys had one of the best sounds out of all the you know groups that were doing the Zoom jam or whatever. You guys were really well. We have one of the best sound men. Oh, that'll explain it then. in the world. I've, I mean, he, he's really it, and he's responsible for so much of the record sounding the way it does. Uh, I mean, not we all put in our effort. You know, Jay, our guitar player, he's a really good engineer, and we mixed most of the record at his place. Mm. Uh, and and all the rest of our bunch, but the sound guy is top. He's notch. it, and all those live streams, that's him. Oh, awesome! Yeah, and they sound the, like you're, you're there together. Yeah, he is like the guy's got his he's got his shit together. Well, speaking of the new album, yeah. uh, you guys are promoting that right now. Don't yeah. let the sunlight fool you. Don't let the sunlight fool you. Which is a great name, and it's a fucking amazing album. I listened to it again this morning, walking the dogs, and man, like Thank I don't you. think there's a bad track on there. Thank you, um, man. That being said, I wanted to ask, is this was this album kicked into gear and really propelled into you guys producing it through the COVID situation? Because yeah, I was gonna say the first song Big time. is kind of Windowland is is even talking about masks and washing the groceries. Mm -hmm. But the title track sort of alludes to that longing and that cabin fever and uh nowhere boogie also made me feel kind of it Big could time. have been okay. So I, I hit it on the nail on the head there. Okay. We had been in I don't wanna say it was like a writing drought. I felt like a lot of people the slackers are never in a writing drought. The slackers are blessed. I we, I used to be the principal songwriter always for all the early records and everybody throwing a tune when they had one. As the years went by, all the slackers proved that they got it in them to write great songs. All of them, you know, does you, to a man. And that's cool. So it's like we never have a drought, but there's one of those things where a lot was happening in the country, a lot's happening in the world. You feel like as a reggae musician, as a ska musician, two-tone, you know, punk, people always paid attention to make sure that they're addressing the world as it is, Yeah, you know? Um, and it was so difficult uh, to do it because the, the lines have become so broad now. It used to be like, oh, we're going to sing a song, you know, um, or like the specials would sing or something like that, like... Uh, you know, do, do you really want to hurt me? Tell me yeah. why, tell me why. You know, you could address something that was really, yeah, cool. That's a, that's a, that's a really stock song. That speaks about specifics. Um, but they don't have to say in the song, Nazis are bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't have to say it. You get it. You go, do you want, really want to kill me? I'm a, it's a black guy singing it. You hear his voice. He's, he's got, you know, you know who's in the band. You know who's singing it. And you go, oh, that's what's going on. I get it. There was a point in the past few years where I was like, I think we have to sing the song Nazis are bad. <laughs> I was in England and I was like, folks, am I crazy over here or what? Do we have to convince people that like white supremacy is a bad idea? Nazis are bad, that 
and and Brexit. I mean, do we have to like you know? So and I started this chant that was you know, Brexit is a bad idea. Nazis are bad, and Brexit is a bad idea. And the crowd went crazy. They were like, Nazis are bad. Brexit is a bad idea. And then the band starts playing along. And I was like, maybe this is where songwriting has to go now, because you kind of have to say it. Yeah, be that blunt. And we've been dealing in such subtlety for so long. You know, the Clash wrote political songs, but we don't know what, you know, you have to kind of dig and get the poetry of it for some of it, yeah. you know? Uh, Rage Against the Machine, which was like overtly political. Sure, sometimes, but they used metaphor. People were listening enough to get it. Yeah, It's not the kind of communication that's happening these days. You kind of have to whack people over the head and say, you know, that's good and that's bad. Well, people's attention is the most valuable resource these days. And yeah. on top of that, all these groups like Nazi supporters and such, they all have amplified voices through the internet and, and yeah. finding common ground with like-minded individuals, you know? So yeah. you have them, them pulling people's attention away in the wrong direction. So yeah, I, mm -hmm. I get what you're saying, man. So there's a tune on there called They All Losing. And it was at this moment where I was trying to, I had been trying to write a song that was a political song that made sense to me. That wasn't just complainy because, okay, we all know. Everybody, nobody wants to hear it anymore. I was like, what do people need? What do, what do I need? Because a lot of times that's where my songwriting comes from too. I think if I walked into a bar and there's a band playing, what do I, what do I want to hear playing on stage? What's going to make me feel good? You know? Yeah. Do I want to hear, do I want to hear Dolly Parton doing a duet with Kenny Rogers? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what I want. And so then I, I write one of those. And I thought, man, what I need to hear, I need a punch in the arm right now. I need somebody to tell me, you're going to win, man. You're going to be okay. And that's, and then that was the first tune that kind of opened up the, the thing. And I was like, yes, we need, you need to be cheerleaded. Somebody needs to tell you, go ahead and go ahead and do it. Don't worry. Keep at it, man. They're losing. They know they're going to lose. That's the reason they're trying so hard. Mm. That's the reason they're trying every, every tricky, bad, you know, evil tactic that anybody could ever come up with. They yep. know, they know it's, it's, it's getting near the end because there's kids that are like, I'm trans. They're like, I got new pronouns. Uh, they were a Deal kid. Deal with it. Yeah. They're like, yeah. and that's not changing back. That's no, no, it. No, that's happening. That's done. Yeah. Without a big move, like without a big totalitarian move, that's not changing back. They're trying in Texas. They're trying in Florida. Mm. But people are there. The tides changed. The minds changed. Well, and this I, makes me think of your song "State House" too, because that's all about taking down the Confederate flag at yeah. a freaking political building. Which I find it hard to fathom. It was still up in it's the first place. Believe, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's a very blunt song in the same way that you're like, really? Do I, I got to lay this out? For I'm going to lay it out. Well, that's exactly it. Because I wrote the song back with Rancid in the old days oh, really? when I was recording with them. Right? That 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 song exists in a in a certain form. On the um, record, Life Won't Wait. Okay, interesting. I was hanging out with them and writing songs with them. And that was one of the songs that was mostly my, that was like my song. But like we would often do, uh, they'd write, like Tim would write a verse, Lars write a verse, or, you know, whoever. We got a, I, I got a basic idea. I'll sing you my verse. You write a verse. You write a verse. It's cool. Um it wasn't, it, it became more about conspiracy theories. It became more about all the fun stuff that we were discovering at that time. And it wasn't really 
the chorus, which is, hey, I hear they fly a Confederate flag down at the State House in South Carolina. That was in the news at the time. And it was one of those things. It was, it was a big deal for me because I always wanted to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, man, that's your history. That's your grandpa, your great-grandfather, yeah, yeah. whatever. Like, okay, we give respect. We know people died for things. It was you know? a different time and all that argument. Yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it your culture? Is it your history? And then I did research and I looked and mm -hmm. then people told me things and the Southerners told me things. And they were like, yeah. They're like, when you go to a gas station or a truck stop and they're flying a Confederate flag, keep moving. They're like, you got black guys in the band, man. They're like, yeah. you don't want to go in there. You don't want to go in there. That's fucked, man. Yeah. And they're like, even if you don't have black guys in the band, you probably don't want to go in there. You know, because it's like they're putting it out there so that you know they're 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 flying their flag. Yeah, it's a, like a beacon for yeah. for other people maybe that that agree with them as well. Yeah, hey, check it out. One time we went into a diner and we're sitting in there, and because you know, I the slackers are a smart bunch. You know, they're they 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 they're looking around, and I think one of the guys in the band, maybe Marcus or somebody, he looks at the wall. He goes, "Is that is that George Wallace?" up on the wall. And you guys might not know George Wallace, but he is the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hilarious He's the guy comedian. Sick, sick. No, no, George Wallace. Oh, there's a comedian named George Wallace as well, right? Is there? Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. That's a strange detail. A black comedian. Yeah, yeah, and he's really? fucking hilarious, oh and he's my clean. God. He's pretty much a clean comic, but he's so funny. Wow. He's ancient at this that point. That is a detail. Yeah. So, George Wallace was the guy who said, segregation yesterday, segregation today, segregation forever. He's hey, the guy. Jesus. They had a picture of him hanging up in the diner, wherever we were eating. And was a we, burning cross in the corner. It as well? was practically what? like, well, who puts a picture of that guy up on the wall? That's yeah, that's now, like having Hitler or some shit. Yeah, it's you know akin to that. Yeah, it's in that direction. You you look at it and you go, okay, well, I know where I'm at. Yeah, I think we got up and left. I think we were like, uh, let's go. Let's go. We don't want to. We don't want to eat here. food served by this. Yeah, town. I don't want to give yeah. my money to this to the, anybody that puts that picture up on the wall. Yeah, I don't want to do respect. It. Yeah, and you got a right. You know, I was having a conversation, a weird conversation with somebody, and I was like, "You got a right to feel whatever you want to feel. Don't tell me how to feel. Don't tell me what to do. I ain't gonna tell you what to do." And as a matter of fact, as as you know, a guy, I, you know, I'm very after traveling as much as I travel. Yes, I'm I'm very American. But I'm like, I will, I will defend you as well. You're very diplomatic. I, but I, I, I get it. I try to get it. You know, I got opinions. I'm mad at people. Yeah. But I'm like, you got a, you got a funny opinion. Hey, I'll actually defend your right to have that opinion. I'll defend your right to have your religion, to to do whatever you want. Just don't do it to me and don't do it to somebody else. Yeah. You do you. Don't force your shit on other people. Yeah. That was supposedly our idea, supposedly our idea in America. Although, you know, now the colonizing and all that kind of stuff has become very obvious. And now I see a whole other level of things. It's like the peeling away the layers of an onion. Yeah. But when I wrote the State House song, again, as I wrote it this time, I wanted to be very clear. And I was like, let me just really do my research. Let me really go back and see what I think. And let me tell the story. I used to think it was history and history is okay by me. But then I saw things clearly, you know, and I heard the whole story and now I see things clearly. Yeah. And it's all about the flag went up in 61 after they tried to integrate. Whoa. Yeah, that's exactly. a different level. That's when I changed my mind about the Confederate flag. Yeah, that's a big fuck you to them. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? Who, 
Who does that? Well, and you said, you know, in that song that well, they don't fly Nazi flags in Germany. They don't yeah. celebrate Mussolini in Italy. So why right. is this okay here? And I totally agree with all that, man. One of my German friends, I, I'd rather, somebody that lived in Germany, um, that's an American, said, ah, that's a rough line. You should look out. Maybe, you know, they don't fly. I was like, I'm just giving my observations. I'm telling you the world the way I see it. I don't. It's illegal to fly a swastika in, yeah, in Germany. And that's, and I'm not calling anybody out. If anything, I'm giving a compliment. I'm saying, good job. Yeah. You know, they don't even like to fly their own flag in Germany because it, uh, as I found out, it, it, they say it seems to encourage the wrong attitude. Uh, like patriotism in general in that country is, yeah. can lead to bad things. I, I love, I love uh, German uh, military gear. Right, I've always had parkas and had jackets and whatever, yeah. and or very often the flags on the sleeve, and um, all my all my German friends, you know, they'll always be like, "Oh, be careful walking around with that," you know, you you make mm. some friends you don't want to make, you know. Oh, crazy! And uh, even somebody knew there was a bartender said, "Yeah, this guy came in one night to the bar late, you know, and he's wearing his wearing his flag, you know," and we're like, "Yeah, we'll let him have a drink, but after that, you know, he's got to leave." And I'm like, that's just your flag. And they're like, sorry, oh, that's it means something different over here. When Germans wear the flag, they know what it means. Yeah, you're trying to be a proud German, quote something unquote. like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and it like I don't know, it something about it feels wrong to me. Yeah, but I got it. But I that's the way it works over there. Um, Maybe you can speak to this kind of a sidebar. I yeah. remember when I traveled when I was younger, they told us always have a big Canadian flag on your bag. Big time. And they said that Americans would do that as well to kind of yeah, 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 treat yeah. it a little differently. <laughs> if so you don't want to hear it, you know, because because let me tell you, man, like the, the Bushies, it, we were like so sick of it. Mm. You know, Trump, they they were with us. Trump, they literally, when they saw you were an American, they, they would almost come and put their arm around you. They'd Weird. be like, how you doing? Weird. You okay? You know, you'd be like, I don't think I'm okay. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we understand, man. You know, like oh, okay, the you French, mean consoling you? Yeah, oh, okay. The okay. French would be like supporting Trump. Hey, come here. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. Yes, I know, I know. You look like you need a hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah come here. But it, but in the bush years, in the bush years, people would always confront us, mm. and they'd be like, "Hey, so tell me about your president. Mm. Hey, why does he do this thing?" And you'd be like. He's not my president. I didn't vote for the guy. Just I'm assuming like, you agree with the agenda. Yeah. I'm like, just in case you didn't notice, I'm a guy from New York in a reggae band. <laughs> I'm like, do you think that I voted for Bush? I'm like, you know, but who knows? A lot of things have surprised me over the years. Well, a yeah, lot. you never know. You can't uh, predict people ever. Yes. Yeah. They'll surprise you every time. A lot of things have surprised me. But so we got sick of it. So I would be like, I never did it myself, but I completely understood if you were an American and you just put a Canadian patch on your back. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Seems I like have, a, I have a hat that I have. Um, uh, what what city is it? Uh, it's one of the it's one of the Western cities out in. You could always just put Tim Hortons or the Tragically Hip. You got Calgary. Yeah. You got Edmonton. You got. <laughs> I have uh, some sort of a BC. I have like a BC okay. pin. Like, somebody like a gave sports me thing or something or no? No, no. It's just it's literally like you know somebody gives you a pin. It says Milwaukee. Oh, on okay, it. okay. What the hell city is it? It's like one of my Vancouver. favorite cities. No, it's not Vancouver. Victoria? It's a little city. Victoria? Victoria? It's not Victoria. Uh, shit. Is Burnaby Where in is it? Why well, it's like a suburb of Vancouver. I don't know. I'll, I'll try. I'll remember that. it as I go. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those. Sure. It's one of those places I play once in a blue moon. Hamilton? 
That's in Ontario. Ontario? Well, I mean, there not might Hamilton. be a Hamilton, BC. I'm not aware. No, of. it's in BC. I'm pretty sure it's in BC. Anyway, I'll, I'll remember it as I Yeah, I'll come back to you. Yeah, maybe I even have it in my bag. Anyway. Um, I wanted to speak to you saying, you know, that the Slackers are a smart crew and that they all contribute yeah. to writing songs. Because I almost made the mistake when I was writing my notes of saying, like, my favorite front man. And I'm like, that would be a disrespect to Mr. Pine. And really, all of them. Because yeah. if there's any group I've ever seen where every member is so integral to the overall sound, it's the Slackers. You oh, guys, I'm happy, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, you're like a, a working machine, you know? Yeah. I feel like if anybody wasn't there, the whole thing would sound just off, you know? No, I'm happy to hear that. Thank you. I tried to tell the band that many years ago and many times over the years that I'm like, you know, some guys in the band will be like, well, it's your band or, well, you're the front guy or you're the whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if like it just makes me a good socialist or something or like, an, <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, I really don't see the band that way. It's our, it's our thing. You know, it's like, it's us. It's not me because I do my own stuff. No, but that's humility. That's lacking largely in the world right now. I, I don't even think it's humility. I mean, to me, it's re, it's it's reality. Or modesty, maybe it's, I should say. I, I, egotistical singers, yes, they were yeah, yeah. they were a dime a dozen, and I'm sure I I'm sure that from singing for as many years, I I got it. You got no David Lee Roth vibes. Yeah, but I'm sure I got some ego that like I'm not even aware of it. But I but at least the way I see the band. The way I see the band is a very collective thing. And I love when people tell me that. They'll they'll watch the band, they'll say, it's crazy. It's like, you guys are all characters. It's like watching some, it's like some uh, sitcom or something. You know, it's like <laughs> Seinfeld up there, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's how I see it. Nice. Someone sees your vision. It's like man. Bonnie Miller up there, you know? It's yeah. like, uh... um, when you were talking about, or when you confirmed rather that the, the new album was about the pandemic or, or largely inspired by it, I kind of wanted to ask if that was a more difficult writing process because in the documentary I watched, you had gone on the record saying that you were really inspired lyrically by like society and people on the train and, and random, yeah. you know? So without that, that avenue at your uh, disposal, when we're all in cabin fever, kind of in lockdown mode, I would have thought maybe was mm. that more difficult to not have that to pull on. It's funny, but as I was saying before, I, I had felt like I was, I was up against the wall trying to write things that was so black and white, uh, you know, that it was difficult to write. Mm -hmm. It was, I was lacking the poetry and I couldn't find the metaphors to say, you know, you know, white supremacy is bad, <laughs> you know, think for yourself, you know, things like that, right? Yeah. Uh, even though George Harrison wrote that great think for yourself, right? Think for yourself cause I won't be there for you. Anyway. Well, there's also uh, think for yourself being kind of misused in a lot of ways I find these days where everybody's a YouTube scientist and that kind of shit. Oh yeah, think for yourself, yeah, sure. <laughs> No, uh, but uh, the the pandemic and the whole situation brought a lot of metaphor that everybody now I had a some I had something in common we could all understand the mask. So, uh, like Windowland, I say you know I'm I'm watching you as you walk down the street. You know the 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 folks you the people you meet the mask you wear with the people you meet. That's yep. what I say. The mask you wear with the people you meet. I couldn't help but think. Hey, this will be a good line even after the pandemic's over. Definitely. Because who doesn't wear a mask with the people they meet? You know, and maybe oh, yeah. 30 years from now, somebody will hear it and they'll go, do you know that that, let's hope 30 years from now, somebody's listening to it. And they go. They will be. And they go, uh, do you know that that's because it happened during 2020? He wrote that song when everybody was wearing masks. 
You know, because sometimes that'll happen to me with a song. I'll be like, oh, that's why that line's in the song. Because it was a, a phrase of the day or this happened or whatever. Uh, the metaphors started to come. And I was like, oh, I was like, this is it. Like now I got, now I got a language I can speak that hopefully people will get. So like, don't let the sunlight fool you. Sure, it's universal. You can sing that song every day, every springtime you can sing that song. Right? I was going to say, it sounded like it was about uh, March day in Ottawa. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, and looks nice, but then you go outside and your right. hips are out. Yeah. But what is it? It's March, it's March in New York. Or sure, yeah. I just got thrown off my tour. I had to come home. I had to go to the Bronx. I'm sitting out there, sitting in the Bronx. Guess what? It's getting beautiful out. It's springtime. I'm looking at everybody. I'm thinking, man, I never have off in the springtime. In New York, it's beautiful. It's like the best place you, you want to be. I can't go outside. I can't talk to anybody. Can't hang out. Can't go to a bar. Can't even go to the park. They closed the park for some reason, which I thought was dumb because <laughs> it seemed like the safest place to yeah. be. But the, squirrel, I, the squirrels didn't get the memo. Yeah, but I kind of got it. I saw what happened in Central Park that when they opened the park at some point, everybody flooded in there. Yeah, they, they like had a, like a group hug. I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, don't let the sunlight fool you, man. It's cold out there. You know, it's March, it's April, but it's it's this March, April. Yeah. It's it's not safe out there. And then the same thing as politics changed. I was like, oh, great, we got Trump out. Biden got elected. I was like, don't let the sunlight fool you, man. It's cold outside. Mm. They're still waiting. You think that it's good? It's not good. There's, there's two, you know, for us, our politics, there's two Congress people that are going to screw it all up. There's yeah. two senators. You thought you thought we had a majority? We don't. Don't let it fool you, man. The work ain't over. You know, be a, be afraid, you know, or whatever. Be aware. Yeah. Not be afraid. Be stay aware. Stay vigilant. Yeah. Yeah, stay on it. And so I started to have this vocabulary that I could, that I could speak and feel good about it and feel like I wasn't preachy feel like I could still be poetic, but mm. feel like I could still give the thing that I needed to who's listening. Because that's the reason I play music. I try to give what I got to give. The karma. Yeah, I saw you speaking of that. I thought that was really cool that you, you music has given you so much that you feel kind of indebted. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the old documentary. It that's, is, man. I know I the interview it. you're talking about. The entire thing was a blast. Yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah, but Glenn always makes fun of me with that one because at the time I had just quit smoke. I had I had a cigarette relapse at that time. Uh, it was kind of a secret cigarette relapse. You were smoking a tobacco pipe, right? Yeah, and at that time I had I was like I gotta stop, and I'm gonna smoke a pipe because the pipe is what got me through it the first time. Oh, and like so to in wean that, yourself off. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, because I was like, I can, you know, and I don't have to put tobacco in there, and I don't have to inhale it, and it's like it's oh, a lot healthier okay. and whatever. And I and I know that I'm not, I'm not really a pipe smoker in that way. So during that whole interview, though, I have a pipe, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. yeah, and I had just moved, <laughs> and I had just moved, and I had put my bookcase up, and there was, the guy who was doing the interview was like, "Oh, that bookcase is a great background," and Glenn's like. Yeah, look at you, smart guy, sitting in front of your bookshelf with a pipe over there, clicking the pipe on your teeth. Well, you know, I actually, when I wrote this song, you know. Super sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I guess I didn't realize I was doing that. Man, yeah. Anyone who hasn't seen it should check it out. I found it on YouTube, but it was a, a really awesome thing to be able to find before speaking with you, man. Yeah, that guy, the kid was this, the guy, 
he's he's certainly not a kid anymore and was barely then but he was in school and he had come to a bunch of shows and did a few um videos for his for school with the slackers yeah and i was like man we need a documentary we need a dvd doesn't matter what it is i was like you seem like the guy you're already doing it you want to do it and he was like oh man that would be great so he that the reason I think I think that's the reason why it's in kind of vignette style. It's done like an old uh, film reel, like a projector or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got this vintage vibe to it. I wasn't sure if that was an effect that he put on after or not, but yeah, I think it's an effect because he he just used video. Or whatever it played very well, yeah, yeah. But it was one of those things. I think it was each chapter was its own little world. Yeah, something to digest. Yeah, and I think that's be- I don't know. I imagine it was because he had made these little films he you know he had maybe never made a feature length thing but i yeah. really liked it oh it was, it was so great i, I mean because as i said i've listened to your music but i didn't really know everything about the band and i feel like yeah. that was a great jumping in point to learn more about you guys as individuals as opposed to just the music it know? captured a moment in the band too we had had a, a couple of personnel changes which were they're very rare in the slackers and um the only thing i didn't like about it is that you know the thing i like about documentaries is the dirt <laughs> and I felt like he just didn't, he, he was like, I think he liked this too much. Yeah, he you just guys didn't came want, off like great people. Yeah, but I There's don't no think scandal. he, you know, he, it was like, he's like, hey, so what happened to the other guys that left? Hey, so what happened here? Hey, so what's the story about this tune? Like, mm. that sounds weird. You know, and I, I kind of was hoping if I had a critique, you know, but I mean, he did, he did a great job. Yeah, I hear what you're I, saying though. But I like the dirt. Yeah. I want to hear about, you <laughs> a know, bit of gossip. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, Dolly, so Dolly Parton, what happened with the, yeah. uh, you know, like, so did you and Kenny, Ra- Kenny Rogers actually go out? Yeah. You know, what's the story? We want to know. She's like, you know, no comment, you know? Or speaking of, this is m- maybe a little bit relevant. I interviewed uh, Brad Noel's sister and I asked the same thing, like, did he ever hook up sort of with Gwen Stefani because they did mm. duets and shit like that. And we didn't really get an answer, but <laughs> yeah. But I like I like that. Me personally, I like scandal, you know. And I, I don't know why Dolly Parton's on my mind today. That's why I'm, I'm using hey, her as amazing, an example. Man. Everything I've seen from her I, makes her seem like top notch. She's like the ideal. Like if you wanted to, if you wanted to know how to behave as like a famous person, yeah, she has class up the wazoo. Unreal, yeah. unbelievable. She she said anybody that works at Dollywood, uh, Dolly, yeah, at, anybody that works at Dollywood doesn't matter if you've been there a week. You want to go to school. She'll pay for it. No way. Bam. Wow, take that, Disney World. Yeah. She does book drives. And the other thing is somebody was going to make a statue to her. And she was like, oh, I really appreciate that. That's really sweet. But like, you should really take that money and do something like important with it. Like, that's, that's you know, but like, I, t- I get it. Thank you. Like, that's, that's really sweet. And I was like, Dolly, pardon. I'm like, you're killing me here. Like... <laughs> We're not who worthy. Co- yeah. Who is cooler than you? Yeah. Yeah. And she's got a phenomenal voice too, right? Oh, songwriter. I watched a documentary on her that was on like, I don't know, Netflix or something. Yeah. I didn't realize what a, what a nonstop songwriter she is. That's what a few people said. For so many decades too. That's the other yeah. thing, right? She never petered out. She's still going. <laughs> yeah. But she must really cherry pick the ones because from what they said, she's always writing. Oh yeah, you know, like just, I guess I always write too. But she's like, they're like, oh, Dolly's like one of those people that writes like, you know, five songs a day. She's just always making songs up. Hopefully, there's a bunch of like demos that'll see the light of the day. <sighs> Could you imagine? Oh, I can only imagine there's an archive somewhere. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah. Um, 
I, this is not really a question, more of, I guess, a general talking point. I wasn't sure to bring it up because some, some people, you got to have the questions, but you were obviously comfortable chatting behind the mic. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. A podcast mode. We talked, we had an interview on the way over. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that happens a lot, actually. I'm always yeah. thinking, yo, no, save it, save it for the podcast. Yeah. But um, I wanted to bring up the fact that it's interesting to me that your music is obviously you guys write these heartbreaking songs sometimes coming from a place of longing mm. like romantic stuff, but still it's, it's very bittersweet a lot of the time, but it's always to this backdrop of what I would consider an upbeat vibe. And yeah. it's kind of, you know, this juxtaposition. And I started thinking about that's very similar to like dark comedians that'll go on stage in the same way you guys are trying to get people to dance. They're trying to get people to laugh, but maybe it's coming yeah. from a dark place from an artistic standpoint. And uh, to a larger point, I wanted to bring that up because uh, I had a friend pass away a few weeks ago, very unexpectedly, hmm. and uh, Spin I'm In has been a song that's been really oh, yeah. therapeutic for me and cathartic in that respect. And uh, also my ex-wife, speaking of her, hmm. uh, she was kind of the same with the song Mommy. When she first discovered you guys, her mom oh, yeah. had just passed away from uh, like a brain tumor and she was only 18. And yeah. she told me the other day that she used to play that song and sob uncontrollably, but she also kind of wanted to skank to it. So that's mm. kind of like, again, this was more of a talking point than a real question, but I wanted to thank you for the, that one song though, because yeah. it's really- Yeah, I'm sorry about your, your buddy. Thank you, He would. Uh, I'm sure he's heard of you guys. He was a real music head, so. We do that because music is there, I do that, because music is there for practical reasons, you know? I was playing with this Romanian band one time and I made some recordings and I was talking to them and I said, man, where do they find you guys? Like you guys, like they were young and yet they had been playing their instruments for like ever. And they said, well, you know, in Romania, you need people to play at the parties. So, you know, there's weddings, there's funerals, there's birthdays, whatever it is. So they give kids the instruments because, you know, you need people to play so people will dance. Yeah. And people need songs and we got somebody's got to play, you know, the songs. And, uh, you know, and then when you're good, when they pick out, oh, that guy's good, make sure he can keep it. Let him keep <laughs> the horn, you know, or like let him keep practicing. But it, it made it really obvious to me that that's my job. My job is, you know, some people say, yeah, we don't play weddings. My job is play the wedding, you know? My job is I'm there to be the guy that does this thing so that you we can all do the things we need to do as people. Yeah. And whether that's celebrate or whether that's cry or whether that's think about something or have a conversation, that's what I do. You know, that's kind of my job description. Yeah. And when I look at music that way, it helps me uh, know what to write. It helps me know how to, how to play, you know? Yeah. And so that's songs like, yeah, Spin I'm In. My friend had died. I went to the funeral and we, I came back and I wrote it. Oh, just as kind of a poem. Uh, it was like a poem and a song. Uh, and I lost it for a long time. I, I like recorded it onto a cassette at the end of a, an album, you know? Yeah. Because like, you're looking for a, something to record on. And you're like, ah, oh, I got this record. But, you know, of, uh, of course, obviously, cassette tapes, I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, I've got if, some if of my old stuff okay. from high school when I recorded. Yeah. So like, you know... Uh, it's a 90 minute tape, so it's 45 minutes on one side, but so many albums are only 30 minutes or yep. 35, so you have an extra few at the end, and that was all the space that I would always record my demos on. Cool. So I find this old cassette, and sure enough, Spin I'm In is on the end of it, and I went, how did I forget that song? That song was so, I knew it was 
good, I guess. It did what it needed to do for me. And I kind of knew it. It was in the back of my head the whole time. And I, I was like, that's a, that's a good tune. I'm like, I should put that on the new record. You know, so I should teach the band, you know? And people tell me that a lot of times. They go, uh, they go, ah, oh, thanks for writing that, man. That really helps. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's some days I sing it and it really helps me. Or, yeah, know. because the first verse is much more about the funeral and that was very relevant to me recently. But the second verse is the one that really gets me about time. Yeah. Time, you know, can go so slow. Sometimes it goes so fast. The times you hate, they always wait. And the ones you love don't last. Yeah. And that to me is just sort of like a motto to live your life by. Yeah. Don't get caught up in the <laughs> bullshit. You know? Sorry to quote you like uh, your Yoda no, or whatever. I got, no, I feel it because you know, I sing those words. Yeah. It's cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not one of those guys that walks in the room and you got to turn my record off. Oh, yeah, I wasn't going to be like, now let me play and let me serenade you. Yeah. I'm not going to do that yeah. to you. But, um. No, but you know, sometimes <laughs> in a bar, like you'll walk in and they'll be playing the record or the DJ's spinning mm. a tune and they're like, oh, Vixie, dog, quick, turn it off. I'm like, hey, man. I like my records. Yeah, I, I didn't um, work this hard to not. I made I made them because I like them. So yeah. it's like it's okay. That's you know, cool though. I don't need to be. You don't need to make it crazy. But it's like it'd be a douche move if you came in and you're like, "Hey, can you put this on?" That'd be the whole yeah. other side of it. But no, I get it. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about touring since you guys are doing this now. This is tonight, the first of three Canadian dates, mm. right? You guys are. Uh, That's right. Quebec Ottawa. City in a couple of days and Montreal tomorrow? Or? Yeah. Okay. So you guys were in Montreal last night and you're going back tomorrow. Yeah, we flew in because it, we, we got a weird tour uh, shape the way that we go. So <laughs> usually we would drive up here. Okay. But we flew in because we have to go from here to the southwest of the U.S. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal. Um, and we flew into Montreal so that we could fly out of Montreal because, of course, tickets work like that. Yeah. And... uh we need to get a COVID test to go back to the U.S. Bizarrely, now we do. Uh, it seemed like the U.S. didn't care about anything for like most of it. And then suddenly now they care about something. I don't get the it. The rules are always kind of, yeah, back they're and forth, wishy-washy. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. Shit, man. Well, the question actually was more relating to <laughs> Canada in particular. We mm. sort of talked about this in the car, but... Um, what was your first time in Canada? What was the first time the Slackers came to Canada? And do you have a favorite memory in the great white north wow geez first time i came to canada was with my family uh for like a bizarre attempt at a uh pleasant vacation you know <laughs> where, did you, where did you go to <laughs> i think we drove to toronto i think we went as far as toronto makes sense i can't remember why my dad rarely ever did anything unless it was involved with work okay but i can't remember that was a cop yeah or a, mm, I don't talk much about it. Oh, my bad. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah please. Uh, not it's one of those things. Okay. But okay. I, it's, and it, yeah, but my dad always did things uh, for work. He traveled for work. I think that's one of the reasons I travel for work. I think my dad impressed the, upon me. The principle, yeah. That, hey, why go somewhere just for vacation where you can make it, where you can make a few bucks and see the world? Double down, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that he said it enough times that it clicked. And I was like, why not work while you see the world? Yeah, why not? And I so I took driving jobs and did whatever. But my dad drove us one time up to Toronto and we drove through upstate New York and whatever. And I remember seeing Toronto and the impression that my whole family had was, wow, it's like kind of like New York, but really clean. <laughs> and I remember that a few other people had said the same thing, yeah, like when they before. first went. It's like really clean New York. Like it's... And I think at that time too, we had just made it out of the 80s. 
which was a particularly dirty time for New York. New York's pretty clean now. And I was um, going to wonder if Toronto's gotten dirtier since. Probably. It may have, actually. <laughs> it may have. You know, obviously, as things change, uh, it was a weird alternate reality version of, of what we saw. And then I remember years later, my dad went up to Montreal and, and Quebec City, and he just went crazy. He thought it was great. He's like, why haven't, why haven't I been going here? <laughs> like, you can drive there. I was like, I've been telling you. You know, he's yeah. like, you can drive there. It's like going to a, like, it's like going to another country. It's like going to France or something. I'm like, he, he never, I don't think he ever went out of North America. Anyway, well, I there's digress. A lot, there's a lot, well, we're in North America too, but. No, uh, no, I don't think he ever went out of, oh, yeah, I, I think he, large, he never went oh, to yeah, Europe. Yeah, yeah, he never explored the world. My, my dad would have loved Italy. Mm. You know, I would tell him about Italy. I'd send him things back, whatever. You know, we're like, pr I'm not a proud Italian American in the sense that most are. But I'm Italian. I, there's no doubt, you know. I, I'm not 100% Italian, but it's a big part of my of who I am. Yeah. Uh, my dad would have lost it if he had gone to Italy. He never made it. I was like, go to Italy. It just seemed like too much of an inconvenience. It sounds like I don't know. Or he I, built it up that way in his head. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, if if I had been a better son, I would have said, "You're gonna take a flight with me. We're going to Italy." Let's do this. Next time I go to Italy, I'm going a week early. You come with me. I don't know. Shit, man. Well, when, but, when was the first time you came up with the band? First time we came up with the band. My God. We're going way back because 30 years. I mean, first of all, kudos on that. You know? 97. We were on tour. 97, okay. Yeah, we were on tour with Hepcat and the Gadgets tour. I think that was the first time the band came to Canada, although I'm not 100% sure. We may have come once before. Interesting. But I remember the first time we came through this part, like not the Toronto part, but this little side that's kind of heading towards the, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of heading Coast. in. Yeah, it's like Montreal is closer to New York by geography. Oh, is, yeah, I guess that makes sense. What, New York State or New York City? New York, even New York City. It's okay. like eight hours straight up. You oh, take the 87, you go, bam, you hit Montreal, right? Ottawa... You take a little turn from, you know... Uh, Niagara and all that shit, eh? Yeah, it's just a little turn. So we're like on this side. Uh, Toronto, you got to go to Buffalo and all that, right? Yeah. For some reason, I don't, and I don't know why, Buffalo and Rochester, they're still New York. So when you go to Toronto, you kind of still feel like it's close to New York somehow. <laughs> You're like, Proximity, I don't, yeah. It's like it feels like... I mean, we didn't go that far from New York, did we? We were just in Buffalo. Yeah. Right? Um, it's just it's the really different. far. It's it's closer to Detroit than it is to New York City. Yeah. You know, it's the Midwest. So it's like, yeah, anyway. The first time we came to this side, it was so snowy. We were with Hepcat. They're LA kids. Uh, the gadgets, they understood because they're Kansas City. Midwest, they get snow. I mean, we had like snowball fights. Oh. <laughs> we went like, I mean, we were like winter touring. We could barely get in the show when we played. I think the shows we played in Canada, we barely made it in the show because we had to like, we were literally like shoveling our way <laughs> into the show. It was such a snowstorm. Oh man. We barely made it to the gig in Montreal. Like it was just, yeah, we did, we did the winter. I know what you're saying about... Uh going like just across the border though. Cause we used to drive down to Watertown. It's only like an hour from here and it's, mm. it's New York, but 
it it's it's kind of makes you realize how arbitrary these division lines are. Where like, oh, I guess I'm in the states now, and the money's different. But like, you know, yeah, it's very arbitrary. Yeah, what's the, the Middletown, New York, Watertown, Watertown, right? And it's uh, there's a Salmon Run Mall in Watertown is where I used to go. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we go to Syracuse sometimes too. That's a oh yeah, three Syracuse, hours, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny though. I don't know how New York State is weird like that. Like it's got these pockets of like things that feel New York, and then it's got these pockets of things that feel very like rural. Yeah. Things that we don't. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Things we don't equate with being New Yorkers, and especially New York City. You know. My, yeah, I've never been to New York City. I can only imagine. I've seen it through since I saw the first Ninja Turtles movie when <laughs> I was like four. That was probably my first New York, or yeah. all the Marvel comics I read and shit. But I have to say, some New York natives, particularly uh, uh, the younger generation, I think they really identify with the Ninja Turtles. The first movie is boss, man. Like yeah. all the other ones, whatever. The Vanilla Ice coming in was a bit much for me in the second one. Yeah, I missed. I missed most of them. I don't think <laughs> I, I. I would see pieces. I, I feel one. like a Ninja Turtle. Oh, do you know at least the Ninja Turtles, the four? I, I read the comics when they were underground comics and they were like, they weren't, uh, they weren't very available. Somebody would come up with a Ninja Turtle thing and I'd be like, whoa, Ninja Turtles, comics. kind of underground, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of dirty too. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's funny it became a kid's thing because it was oh, like- it was super gritty at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. It was much more violent and black and white and shit. Well, it was just, yeah, it was just weird. Like Ninja Turtles comics, where there was it was in the underground comics section where you'd find comics like Mickey Rad or the Freak Brothers. Okay, the independent stuff. Yeah, yeah. or like the like what was the the one with the really ang? There was some like really angsty kid in the nineties. He was like super violent little kid. Shit, I'm drawing a blank. It was almost like Bart Simpson before Bart Simpson. Really weird. Yeah. It was a popular comic amongst the punks. I can't remember what it was oh, called. Oh, man, I'm going to have to look that I th- one up. I think of things like Fritz the Cat. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. thinking maybe Hate Comics. Hate? Hate Comics. Hate? Yeah. I never heard Hate of that. Hate was like bought before bought. Or maybe it was like bought happened and then Hate Comics happened. But I always felt like it was like what Bart Simpson really wanted to do, which was like... Just go... Be like, an utter psychopath. Go postal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I got to look that up. I, you piqued yeah, my interest comics. in that one, man. Um, Okay, these are just some other random ones. You play a ton of instruments, first of all. You got organ, guitar, bass, uh, vocals, obviously. But I've seen yeah. you play harmonica constantly. So yeah, harmonica's tough. You fucking rock that shit. Uh, uh, I try. I'm not, so, I'm not so great. I know much better harmonica plays than me. It's uh, all about the, seems the vibrato, awesome. the tone. You know, in some ways, Dave would be a much better harmonica player than me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, the question being, though, that I've asked other past musicians is... What instrument do you not know how to play that you wish you could master like a boss? I always wanted to play horns. Okay. I tried to get a trombone when I was a kid. When they asked us what instrument we wanted in school, I was like, I'll take the trombone. I brought it home and my parents were like, get that thing out of here. We're not having anybody practicing trombone in the house. That's it. Done. Gone. They didn't want a tromboner for a son. I had to bring it back. I had to bring it back the next day. And I was like, huh. And my mother, on the way to school, my mother said, look, you can play, we want you to play an instrument. She's like, you already play piano. She's like, just play violin or something. She's like, smart kids play violin, you know? Be a smart kid. Cello. Yeah, she's like, you're a smart kid. Play violin. She's like, at least that's like, you know, which I've heard kids practicing violin. That ain't fun either. They could have put me in the garage with the trombone and I'd be giving Glenn Pine a run for his money, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But, uh... Well, it's never too late, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, Horns are the thing that I wanted to play. I tried to play saxophone as well. Uh, I borrowed a saxophone from school, or 
Oh no, you know what I did? I traded something to somebody for uh, an alto sax that they had. You remember what you traded? Eh, maybe like, like a, it was something dopey, like a toolbox or okay. an amp saying, yeah, or a radio. Mail kids or something. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was, uh, there was one of those things where somebody was like, oh, I don't know, I got this out, this saxophone hanging around. I was like, ooh, I want it. Uh, I was like, what can I give you? Like, you know, my old Atari or something, you know? And they're yeah. like, yeah, that works, cool. And then I went in my garage and I played saxophone and I could never really get it together. And alto is not, tenor would have been the one that I wanted. Alto sax was not really inspiring me. Tenor's got that low sound, yeah. Yeah, it had the potential. And it would have given me a better idea of like, I know. played uh, in middle school, I played a bass clarinet and that had a really cool sound. Oh, so cool. Dave's got one of those, I think. I, I like I like you know putting the kickstand out. You felt kind of like a boss when you're in grade eight. It's yeah. a big machine, and you're the one operating it. You know, oh, those are good. Like bassoons. We just heard yeah. a really funny story about a guy. This punk, uh, he's in some. He's in one of the bands we were touring with, and uh, he said, he said, you know, I played oboe in school, and basically the story ended up that he saw a bassoon, asked somebody, "Wow, what is that instrument?" And they told him it's an oboe. Oh shit! And then not the same. <laughs> it was one of those things where you had to like, yeah, pick your instrument, write it down. And he's like, yeah, I got it. That's the one. And like, it arrives, you know, from the rental place. He's like, I don't, Tiny I don't see how it fits in this little box. You know, he was cracking. That's kind of like a tuba to a French horn. You know uh, what I mean? Like, that's a big size differential there. Yeah. Um, okay, this is another fun one. Uh, in that same documentary, you described yourself in 2007 as a bad dancer. Does that hold up or have you improved? 2000, you know, let's see. I think that's when it came out, the documentary, from what I found online, but... Could be. Early 2000s. Sometime. Would you now consider yourself to a be bad a, a dancer? bad dancer? No, I am. Grace is not one of my talents. <laughs> I have several... I have few talents. M music is about it. Like, I'm good at, you know, you need to figure out how to arrange your song but a lot of people would think work rhythm out some lyrics and, and dancing are so intrinsically linked right yeah i'm a bit of a klutz i'm a bit of a klutz <laughs> you're an enigma yeah i like to dance you know girls girls when i meet them uh are often surprised that i'm a guy that likes to dance because i don't know what it is but i, I guess i can kind of relate I, I think guys we, we're taught to be tough guys we're taught like yeah yeah you know don't dance it's a There's vulnerable a certain, thing yeah i guess it's vulnerable yeah well if you don't know how to do it well it's certainly vulnerable like anything else you know i used you... to go to these parties with a friend of mine uh we worked in a hotel together and he lived up in inwood new york it's at the very top of manhattan okay and uh i'd go back and and they'd be having this crazy party in the apartment and he'd be like, all right, take a beer. And of course it was these like little, you know, the half size beers. Yeah. Yeah. The mini yeah. ones. Here, take a beer, go dance with my cousin, you know? And I was like, what do you mean dance? What do you mean dance? You know, cause it was like <laughs> Latino, you know, like Figure party. It, it involves drinking a beer, eating a little dancing. Everybody's dancing. Yeah. We're in the apartment dancing. I'm like, they want to, I'm dancing. I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, it's cool, man. Relax. Like, be cool. Loosen up. Just dance. You know, the, the step is really simple. Like everybody makes salsa like a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's just, it's, it's a one step to the side and a step to the side. The whole thing is about chill out, man. Be cool. Like relax, you know? Go with it. But I was like, oh, dancing is fun. I was like, and I'm dancing with this cute girl that like they, they pushed me in, into the room with and now I'm dancing. Like, I guess that right. was, I guess it was that, that was like where it changed my mind, you know? 
Oh, well, I have a similar story I've told on the podcast before, but my my soon-to-be wife you met upstairs, mm. we've been together like nine years almost now, mm. and a couple years in, I went to a wedding with her, and I had never danced before, but yeah. it was the first time where I was like, not worried about what anyone thought, because I was already there with the person I wanted to be with, Yeah, you know? And I was like, well, who cares? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She's going, yeah, we're, yeah, we're hanging yeah. out tonight either way, and then that's the moment I realized I didn't suck at dancing, yeah. and the rest is history, and now I'll be dancing up tonight. Just wait, man. I'll be there. There's one friend of mine. <laughs> there's this old girlfriend of mine, and one time she was like, she's like, Vic, you always say you can't dance, but she's like, I watch you. I watch you playing. She's like, you got rhythm. You dance. You yeah, dance exactly. fine. She's like, stop telling yourself you don't dance good. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but you know, I mean, there's people that can dance. There's people that are light on their feet. Yeah. You know, but I was, no one's expecting you to moonwalk. You know, hey, you know what I mean. But it's like some people surprise you. Yeah. Supposedly Charlie Parker, the sax player, Charlie Parker was supposedly a really good dancer. Nice. His wife, in some interview, I remember hearing she she said, she said, you know, in the in the jazz scene, she's like, um, I think drummers had a good reputation as being dancers. Makes of course, sense. Drummers, of course, yeah. They're, they're a different type type of musician anyway. It's yeah. athletic, right? She's That's like, so yeah, true. she's like, you know, musicians are really not known as good dancers, but she's like, Charlie, man, he could dance, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to give my dad a chance because he always usually has a question for the guests, and uh, he told me he had a couple for you, so. Yeah? Do you want another drink of any kind or no? Oh, if you got another one of these, these uh, were actually good, but I don't anything know. of the sort of beer-flavored beer that this was. Uh, is... I think <laughs> the beer I got is wheat at this point. Oh, yeah? Well, uh, uh. I'll... I'll pass on it because I wheat, wheat beer doesn't work for me. But. Uh, we got uh, those clear type drinks too. You know, if you like like uh, seltzer with liquor type thing. Oh yeah, I'll do that. Blueberry That's fine. lemon. Yeah, I I I've rarely even tried these. So yeah, I find them good. It's kind of like a you know a soda water. Or it's some probably shit, better for my digestion than beer. Oh yeah, no sugar, yeah. It's no like sugar a, at all. It's Pretty like healthy. a vodka soda or something. Yeah, it's exactly. It's very comparable. Yeah. Yeah. And that well, now we got to see what what is the how do you rate that out of ten. Oh, that's not bad. Not that's, bad. That's pretty dangerous, I would say. <laughs> Good thing it's not a hot day out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it may be a hot day for Canada, but I mean, I was going to say this is probably going to go up in a few weeks. But it's weird weather in Ottawa this week. Yeah. We don't normally get July weather in May, but no. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, on to my dad's questions. Yeah. So, um, in the Wikipedia article on the band, yeah, it says also known as Sunday or the Nods. Oh, what is that? What's the first one? Sunday. S-U-N-D-Y. Sunday. This is why I don't trust Wikipedia, well, that, that reaction. I've never heard that. That's a new one. Oh. So I haven't looked at the Wikipedia for a long time. Okay. Yeah. But the nods is actually interesting because when the Slackers first started, so we were a combination of a couple of different bands. I basically was frustrated with my bands that wanted to rehearse all the time. And they wanted to rehearse, 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 and never play gigs. And I was like, uh, guys, I am done. A little gun shy. Yeah, I am done rehearsing. And so I grabbed one guy from this band, one guy from the other. That happened to be our original drummer and Marcus, who's still in the band. Yeah. And I said, you want to go out and play? Because I need to get out and play, man. And they were like, cool, let's get out and play. And Marcus and I, all three of us, we could never, all three of us agree on anything. We were really uh, uh, quite a, confusion chaotic i mean i don't even know how we stayed together as long as we did in that in that trio it you know uh we couldn't decide on a name and i came up with the great idea well all i want to do is go out and play anyway we'll just change the name every time we play <laughs> we'll change the name every Bold. week you know as like how are we ever going to get a following we didn't think about that yeah 
Um, so as the Slackers went on and did their journey, the band changed, the personnel changed, we added people, da-da-da. The songs changed. And we had this whole we had this whole new set worth of music. But but we always looked back on the early days as like a really good thing. And the nods are the early days. The nods are one of the names we used for like one gig. We called ourselves every name you could think under the sun. And I liked S names, plural. Because I was like, I want to be like a 60s band. Yeah. The somethings. So I was like, the Stains. Oh, no, there was the Fabulous Stains. I was like, the Slickers. Oh, the Slickers was actual reggae band. Oh, the, the Suspects. Suspects is a rock and roll band from Texas. We went through all of them. And uh, the nods I, are, um, uh, I've only heard one other person refer to it, and that's Tom Waits. And that was long after we picked the name, the nods. In the, in the Bible, the, the land of nod, they talk about it. Oh. They said, they sent Cain out to the land of nod. And I was like, oh, there was somewhere to go. The land of nod. He went out and had kids out there and came back. Hmm. Well, they, that must have been the nods, right? <laughs> it was the castaway, the, the world that happened on the other side that yeah. we don't know about. Well, that's the reason we called the early slack is the nods. Interesting. Because it was like, it was a name we used for one gig probably. That's but, so cool, man. Uh, well, I know you have another one. I kind of want to oh, interject. So poetic. I feel like such a, a dumbass when I say things like that because it's like, how much thought did I put into that? You know? Hey, it was a long time ago. <laughs> well, actually, to speak to that, I was... Uh, I don't know why I was thinking, oh, yeah, I started a comedy group, musical comedy thing a few months back, and we were kind of trying to come up with a name. And if you try on Spotify now, I swear to God, man, look up any goddamn name you could think of, and mm -hmm. it's already out there. Yeah. It's, I can only imagine it's 10 times worse, 100 times worse than what I you wish I had started a band with every name I ever thought of. <laughs> I had such good names for a while. When I was trying to do my solo stuff, my original solo thing, I had a trio again with my friend John Natchez, who's a sax player. Yeah. Okay. And with Ara, who plays drums with the Slackers now. Yeah. And I got us together and I was like, guys, I really want to do my other songs that I have. I want to do songs from all over. Let's make a band. And uh, I kept throwing names out. I had uh, Down With Dog was one of them that I really <laughs> liked. I Gone. I looked it up. I had the Flying Kundalini Brothers. I was getting into yoga at the time. The Flying Kundalini <laughs> Brothers. Now... You tell me. That sounds that, like a circus act. Yeah, you me. think somebody's going to, the Flying Kundalini Brothers? It exists. Damn. I, and it sucks. I yeah. looked it up. I was like, I don't like these guys. I want the Flying Kundalini Brothers to be really cool. Yeah, at Like least sound like good. the Grateful Dead or something, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so many names. We called ourselves the Little Blue Pills because <laughs> Natchez is, Natchez is, uh, is a very hip character. And at that time, the Little Blue Pill was, you know, it was like a very, you know, and Dot, dot, dot. Three, three words, three people. Yeah, that works. It was cool. The shirt was great because it was just like a shirt with a bunch of dots, blue dots all over it. It was, it was great. He really has, he really has some good, idea, good yeah, ideas. Yeah, that would have worked well, damn. Yeah. I've, I've got a name you can use if you want. Mm -hmm. Anybody needs a band name, call themselves the, the Trypanosomes. The Trypanosomes? Yeah, Trypanosomes. All right. This is yeah. a, something from a university? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a unicellular blood parasite. My dad, no. <laughs> my dad studied parasites and frogs. Wow. Back in the day. The Trapanosones. <laughs> That's, you got to be a specific kind of band for that. I'm feeling like it's going to be one of those very like angular punk bands. Yeah. Like, there, there you go. Be like, what are you guys? Like, yeah, you know, TPS. TPS, what's that? It was Trapanosone, man. 
Spanish songs. You know? So I was uh, watching when you were rolling Stone Studios. Mm. And I was watching the sax guy, and he's got a very interesting mask situation going on there. Oh, my God, yeah. How does that, A, how does that thing work? And, and, I assume it's, is it custom made or you just go to the local music shop and pick one up? Well, know. we're lucky because one of our guy, one of our tour managers, Jess, she has a friend that's a costume designer, a costume oh, maker. Oh, cool. And so we went, we went to this guy. Dave was like, how do I play saxophone with a mask on? There's got to be a way. <laughs> and they came up with the idea. So it's designed by Dave and this mask. I can't remember his name. Eddie? Has it caught on in the saxophone community? Yeah, I don't know. Patent pending? I don't know. <laughs> Dave likes like some two piece rig, right? It's like he's... no, no. It's just a it's a snuffleupagus mask, yeah. basically. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it, or he calls it the plague doctor. Yeah, yeah, you oh, know, yeah. It's, it's the, the long beak. mask. Yeah. yeah, so it fits over the mouth of the saxophone, the neck, and you know you can manage from in there, and it's long enough. I guess it's lo it's long enough that you can re relax with it too. Yeah. That's why yeah. it's got to be plague doctor length. Yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. It looks pretty gnarly, yeah. He liked it so much. There was moments, you know, where he was alone in the room. You know, he was like in his own room. And we're like, you know, you don't have to wear the plague, Dr. Mask. <laughs> but it works so well. And it's like, yeah, you know. There was moments, too, with the live streams where I wore a mask. Probably at maybe one moment that I didn't have to. But I was like, I realized from from doing certain things, I was like, I, I just want to make people know that we're, that we are good with that. Mm. On the November tour, when I was talking about uh, when we were out November to December, there was different moments in the band where we would agree or disagree about what to do in a, on a particular gig. Some gigs it was obvious. Okay, we're far from the crowd. It's a giant stage. No reason to wear it's a It's a non-issue, yeah. Yeah. But I remember one show we played, I saw people kind of like they were on the fence and they were like, is it cool? Should I, should I wear my mask? Should I... Da -da -da -da? And after that gig, I was like, I'm going to wear my mask at shows. I'm going to sing through my mask. Because when I ask people to put their masks on at a gig, I'm going to say, I do it myself. Yeah. And I put myself through it. Now, Glenn didn't wear a mask pretty much the whole time. Of course, trombone, it's difficult. Yeah. There's no custom mask that's going to work for that, really. Yeah. And arguably, you know, we were all in some sort of danger or not danger, depending on how you, how you see but you didn't want to be a hypocrite just up there. Like, I just felt like the crowd, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. I wanted to be like, Hey, look, I, I can do it. I'm doing it. So it's cool. At this point right now with all, everything relaxed, all the mask mandates, everything relaxed. It's kind of like, it's, I, I really don't know what to make of things, but. It's always changing. Like we were talking about before, it's really hard to find your footing in the current climate with all this shit because it's always just malleable, yeah. you know, it's not yeah. really consistent. So it's been weird, but I got to say that the the mask, the Plague Doctor mask, I think Dave even made a record called Plague Doctor. <laughs> nice. It should be coming out. I, I think I saw the cover. I don't know if it was a promotional thing or what. Oh, shit. That sounds rad. But it's like, yeah. I mean, Dave liked that mask a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask about a couple other nicknames or, or like what was the meaning behind uh, special Potato Records, mm. and also what, where does Lord Sluggo come from? And can I also sidebar? I'm gonna put. I think I'm gonna put my shades on because I got sunscreen in my eye and I can't stop fucking. Oh my god! Ripping out the eye and these bright lights. I'm gonna. I'm, it seems very fitting, right? That's good. There we go. Uh, Anyways, yeah, I'm I've been waiting curious. to go through my sunglass stage for my whole life. You know, <laughs> like the Dylan era where he always wore sunglasses. Mm. 
I've been waiting, but I don't know if it'll ever happen. I've been waiting. Come on. Maybe, I maybe I these, I was, remember I was talking about how I never wake up in the day. Yeah. Like I probably, maybe like a light, like a light shade sunglasses could be my next. Uh, yeah. We were talking on the way over that like <laughs> uh, you're more of a late night kind of dude. Yeah. Not a morning person. All right. So what was the oh, first question? I just want to know the meaning behind special potato. Where did that come from? And also Lord Sluggo. Okay. So special, I used to work when, when we first uh, started the band, I used to work at a deli. And uh, one of the potato salads was called special potato. <laughs> and I thought it was hysterical. Um, like it's going to get you high or something. I don't know. It just, I just thought it was hysterical. I was like special potato salad. I was you like buy it. Special. special. I'm like, <laughs> it was delicious. But I just thought, yeah, special potato. It's just something philosophically, something like the combination of those two words. It's like potato, you know, but it's a special potato. <laughs> It's not. Most p- potatoes are generally considered to be like these ugly vegetables. I yeah, get it. the most average food that we know. Yeah, it's yeah. the, you know, it's the thing that got us through civilization. <laughs> the potato. It's ubiquitous. Yeah. You know. Ah, oh, no, this the special one. You yeah. know. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so that special potato, and by the way, at that time in the world, everybody had come up with their own name for their production company. It was like coming out of the early days of hip hop. Everybody had a, pr- a production company. You needed something to really catch people. Yeah, it was like, yo, yeah. we're Shiny Crown. You know, we're yeah. like, you know. The Ruffian crew or something. Yeah, with, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> we're the Super Friends. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, Special Potato, you know? And the few times it was on sale, it was Special Potato on Special, which is kind of cool. Mm, excellent. Uh, <laughs> Even better. <laughs> uh, Lord Sluggo, where's that? Is, I wanted to ask, is this a Mr. Bill thing? New York SNL had a little clay guy named Mr. Bill. Oh. And the enemy was Sluggo, and he would always beat the shit God, out of him. God, I never thought about it. No, that's not that. Yeah. No, uh, as with most things, you don't choose your nicknames. Mm. Uh, Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good, you know, a good nickname is given and is probably, you probably don't want it. But it might be apt. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know, like, uh, so my, it's actually uh, Jeff, Stubbin Records, uh, Django. Yeah. He, uh, he started calling me Sluggo because me and this girl used to go out and she had like a little skinhead cut and I always used to wear a, uh, like a newsboy cap, you know, I forget what they were officially called, but like a, like you know. a paper boy thing. Yeah. yeah. I know and she, and he'd, we'd show up and, and he'd always go, Hey, what Sluggo and Nancy showed up, you know, cause you know, the comics, Sluggo <laughs> and Nancy. But, oh, uh, please. <laughs> well, look it up. I mean, now this okay, is, this yeah. was that moment you do the cutaway, you know, and, and then, be like, yeah, I'll put a Sluggo and Nancy. Up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Sluggo always wore, he had a crew cut with a newsboy cap. And Nancy had this little frizzy hair with a bow in it. And he'd be like, hey, Sluggo and Nancy decided to show up. This is like 50s or something or 60s, like really old? Nah, it was a comic. It was in the newspaper. Okay, yeah. It was like one of those comics that every week, every day, I think Sluggo and Nancy was in the comics every day. Crazy. Those must be yeah. very geographically... Uh, no, no, no. Oh, you, you I, I'm this? very familiar with them too. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Shows had a polka dot dress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, and they were funny. They were kind of like rough and tumble and, yeah, yeah. you know, they, funny like little kid you They were lower middle class kids, you could tell. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, you know. I think he also wore a striped shirt all the time. Yeah, I think so, with a little black jacket over it. You'd only see the, maybe you see the shirt by itself, but he'd have yeah. a little black jacket. It's funny because that's actually like, I, I sometimes I wonder where my influences come from. <laughs> like fashion, and, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Or just really anything. And I'll be like... Is that where I got that from? You know, I'm like, yeah. did I look at Sluggo and Nancy and be like, yeah, 
That's what a guy should look like. Uh, I want to. <laughs> I want to say an observation here that we're talking about Dolly Parton being so classy, but you are probably the first guest that since the moment you've been sitting here, you've yeah. been equally pivoted towards my dad. Like, there's a lot of people oh. that will just lock in, and then when he has a question, they'll turn to him. But you've mm. been kind of very aware and constantly, whenever you're talking, you're, you know. I thought he just saw where the camera was. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a, com I'm a community-minded guy. You know, yeah. I like. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit, I guess. Oh, I got a few more if, you, if you're up yeah. for it. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so previous to this newest album in 2016, the self-titled was like crowdfunded. So I wanted to know what would your your different experience have been like in comparing the contrast between doing it with a, a label the sort oh. of the old-fashioned way, and then going crowdfunding is a very different route. Well, we lived through the golden age of we control the means of production. Mm. You know, not not to go back to socialism. I don't realize what a good, you know, like how I speak this. <laughs> I talk the talk a lot, you know. No, it was a great, it was a great benefit to be a band at the time that we came up. We went from being on Hellcat, which was like a nice push with a punk label, blah, blah, blah. It worked great for us. Yeah. You know, I got, my complaints with them are far fewer than the benefit of what they did for us. But after that, we put out our own records. Um, you know, a couple of, somebody would put this out, somebody would put that out, but we basically followed the blues uh, model of whoever wants to do something, yeah, we'll do it for you. Oh, you want to pay for it? What do you want? You know, and in some ways, a lot, I see myself as more of a blues model in that way, 50s blues or whatever. You know, hey, you want something? Sure, I'll do it for you. What songs do you want? Yeah. Tell me. Well, like, hey, I got these new songs. You want me to play them? And it doesn't matter if you repeat songs on a record or, you, you know, from one to the next. You're like, well, I played I played Boogie Chillin' on your record. I play it on, on your label too, VJ and Chess. You know, I, I don't know. I'm getting nerdy. But... um. <laughs> We we printed all our own stuff. We started to realize, what do we need a record label for? We need a publicist. Uh, we need uh, advertising help. We yeah. need to pay people to do these things that we are not good at, write we articles. We produce the product. Yeah, we need photographers. Yeah. But yeah, so it finally culminated in Dave telling me that he had all his ducks in a row and he was like, look, we're just going to make this record. We're just going to do this. We're going to do it big you know we're not going to just make it merch and wait and wait for somebody to tell us they're going to do a big printing we're going to go big on it yeah and i think in the world of the slack is it worked great i think it worked great i think we got it to all the fans i you think you already all, had such a huge following i think all the people that wanted it got it uh i think we sold all of what we pressed and yeah. more we did that with re reissues because Hellcat gave us the right to uh, reissue a lot of our old vinyl that they had never done before. They they decided to be nice to us and they were like, <laughs> please, make a, make another version of the question. People had been begging for that for years. Uh, yeah, so crowdfunding really, really helped. And Dave is really good at it. He like really figured it out. He's good at budgeting. He saw, you know... But the newest album is with Private or uh, Pirates Press. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think Pirates Press was, we've been working with them in, uh, like they, for example, I think they did the pressing for the self-titled record that we crowdfunded. 
I think they're the ones that did the pressing, and we did some nice different versions of okay. the record. Uh, and I, th I think that's how it worked. I think we did the pressing with them, and then after doing a bunch of stuff with them, they were like, hey, how about we like actually do the job for you? You know, like, we'll put the record out. Like, yeah. we'll do the job. We'll be the record company. All the labor, yeah. And I got to say, man, I got no complaints. Like, they did their job. They did their job. We we charted this. I mean, we've we've sold a lot of records over the years, but nobody knows we sold them. You know, no, there's nobody that's been keeping track. Rolling Stone doesn't know we sold them or yeah. Billboard or whatever. You know, but they did it in a way that, hey, now... The right people know that you sold that many records in this short amount of time. You get a little prize for that. You get a chart number for that. I'm like, what? I get a chart number? Do I actually figure in the world? Do I exist? Hell yeah. That's good. Okay, man. Sure. And outside the reggae charts, we actually we actually charted on regular everybody charts, you know, which is like really good. And not like, you know, number 3,000. I was like, wow, like we actually exist. Well, because in the past, you guys have always had a massive following, but have sort of kept that underground vibe, if you will. You know, yeah. you guys are the underdog band that's always still making it, but this is like different. You're saying you're actually get you're feeling that appreciation now. Well, they, you know, people people who work in the record industry and and do promotion and publicity and stuff, whatever, they know how to do things right. They're like, oh, you release it at this time when everybody's, you know, hasn't released something. Yeah, you do it at a you know, you mail them all out together so that you say you shipped it yep. in a week. This is what all the big record companies do. You know, they always talk about Frank Sinatra, the way that he got a big hit was because, you know, he bought his own records. He, he was like, you know what I need? I need? I need a hit. So, you know, print this many records. He's like, hey, you know, whatever. Hey, Louis, can I borrow like, you know, 50 grand? I want to buy all my records. And oh, they went really? around town and bought all the records. And he had like a number, two, you know, number five hit or something that that week. Well, that's kind of and, bullshit. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And people went, oh, Frank Sinatra, wow. But I'll tell you, you think Taylor Swift doesn't do that? No, exactly. You think J-Lo did? I mean, I, I yeah. dare not to say they're not talented. You don't think Madonna did that? Yeah. That's what record companies do. Yeah. Now, our record company, Pirates Press, they're punks. They're not millionaires. I don't know what they're doing, but they did it right. Whatever they had to do, they got it so that we actually did what everybody else does, and you know, did it in such a way that it sh it showed up the way it should show up, which yep. which is cool. Because you know, if you asked me, man, I I see bands that they call famous bands, and I go to their shows, and I'm like, the Slackers played here last week, and we had like twice as many people. Oh, <laughs> and yet, and yet. They're the famous one. I'm yeah. underground, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like the underground, but... Well, exactly, yeah. It's a slippery slope. Who, I wouldn't want to be Taylor Swift. <laughs> that seems like a fucking nightmare to me. Nah, but it's funny, because it, you realize that it is a lot of... You know, everybody has their skills, and Pirates Press, they do a good job. And also, they, also, they have a nice world of... Uh, they have a nice audience that... We reach some of them, but we don't reach all of them. And I think by the fact of us being available to more people, that that they're like, oh, I, I heard of the Slackers, but I never actually heard them. You know, I've heard of them. Or, oh, I heard that song on that compilation, but like, yeah, sure, I'll check out we the Give record. it more of a chance, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I got no complaints. They're really cool. I'm really happy you found that, man, especially after all these years putting in the work, you know? Yeah. 
you know, we've always, I call it the travel and candy store. You know, we just, we bring our stuff around, we play. You know, it's a carnival. And I don't mind that. Springsteen said that. Springsteen was... Unlike a carnival, though, if you go to a carnival, the carnies don't necessarily look like they're having a lot of fun. Oh, but yeah. You guys, on the other hand, you look like you're, you're at the carnival. Oh, thank you. Yes, it is, it is a carnival for me. Um, shit, man. What a great answer. Uh, I did want to know, <laughs> did you actually sing opera at age 12? Oh, yeah, but it wasn't opera. I mean, I, <laughs> I sang in the boys' chorus in, uh, in, the, in the Met. It was an amazing opportunity. Wow. I was one of the kids that could sing in tune in school, and the, the chorus teacher noticed. And she was like, hey, there's a guy coming around later. He's, he's trying to audition kids to see if they could sing in the chorus. And I was like, she's like, actually, she didn't ask me. She just told me, stick around. <laughs> and I stuck around, and, you know, they did stuff that it's a no-brainer. They played a note, sing it, you know, thing, ah, uh, yeah, sing it, sing this, da-da-da, da-da-da, you know. Yeah. No big deal. And um, then they, they like, you know, called my mother and they were like, hey, you think your kid wants to sing in the, the opera? Or maybe they gave me a, a note to a bring home. or something. Yeah. Hey, your kid wants to <laughs> sing in the Metropolitan Opera? My mother was like over the moon. <laughs> yeah, what are you kidding? Wow, that's the best. I'm so proud. My dad was just afraid I was gay. That was it. I was oh, like, man. dad, you know, like they make us wear pantyhose because it's part of the costume. It's not like, I'm not doing it just, you know. <laughs> Willy nilly, yeah. Oh man! If anybody could have inspired me, I mean, you know, I respect that it's your nature. It's it, and it's not your nature, and that's it's not a choice. Yeah. If something could have inspired me to show up in drag, it would have been my dad's reaction to like the idea I might be gay. <laughs> I would have just, just been like, "Hey, dad, you know, how's it going?" I'm I on just, the new season of RuPaul. Yeah, yeah. just to see. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you sounds like you were a little shit disturber <laughs> from the get go. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> Fuck, man. Well, thank you so much for all your time. I'm going to finish off with that question I've been asking everybody on season three, which is uh, if you weren't doing what you're doing for a living right now, what would you hope to be doing? My and, or alternatively, what did you want to be growing up as a kid? It's funny. I was having this conversation last night. Serendipity, and I thought, man. I thought, if I wasn't a musician, what the hell would I do with my life? <laughs> I don't know. I, I always thought I might be a cook. I like cooking. I thought, yeah, cooks seem like me. You know, the the chefs, they always seemed like I worked in the in the food business. The chefs always acted just like the painters I know. Yeah. Uh, it seemed artsy enough and fun. I don't know if I oh, could have. definitely art in cooking for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, big yeah. time, big time. I, I don't know if I could have done it. I don't think I got the, I don't know if I got it. I think you got the persona, though. Like, you would be the cool cook. I'd be like, let's go, he's working. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Well, really, what would you want to be really when you were growing up as a kid before you maybe music found you? Yeah. Or music found you pretty young, I guess. I was really <laughs> confused. I was really lost. I was like, uh, do you remember um, uh, Family Ties? Yes, that I know. Michael J. Fox character, yeah. the young Republican. There was a part of me that really wished I was that. There was a part of me that wanted to be like, I'm going to have a Porsche by the time I'm 25. Clear, clear path, yeah. You know, but it was really like, no, I didn't, I didn't know it. I didn't know a thing about what I really wanted in life at all. Punk shows, punk, punk changed my life. Punk made me know everything. I was, I've been talking about going to shows recently and about the physical act of where, where bands and band life and gig life, you know, existed 
in, in the days that I was a kid. I learned my politics. I learned my people skills. I learned everything from going to shows. And I was definitely not a popular kid, even in the punk scene, you know? I just, I just don't know. I, music was the, was the only thing. I, I started a band because I needed a place that I could stand mm. so that somebody wouldn't throw me out of where I was, you know, hey, get out of the way, get out of the way. I was like, well, if I'm standing on stage, at least they won't ask me to move. Right? <laughs> I won't be in the way, yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. That's beautiful, though. It's cool that it got its teeth into you so young, you know? Yeah, I really don't know. Destiny, I'd be man. a very, very confused person. Otherwise. More so than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily you you play lots of instruments and you've got a great voice. So even if you get, you lose yeah. your hands or some shit, you can still sing. You know, yeah. I'm sure you'll figure it out. You know, I wish I'd be famous if I could give good answers to that. You know, if you were like, <laughs> you're like, what would you be if you were if you weren't a musician? I'd be like, I'd be, bam, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't got it, man. I'm not a comedian. You well, know? I'm glad, and I think the world's glad that you're a musician. So you know, don't change a thing. Keep keep the new records coming, man, and and thank you for sharing your time with me, and thank you for the yeah, all thanks. The wonderful this was music. fun. This is a nice conversation. Yeah, man, we try to keep it down to earth, you know. Yeah, I like. I, to, I gotta say, I like I've been fucking in. literally Oscar <laughs> crying. There's been times I almost wanted to stop this podcast because what I got some sunscreen in my oh, eye. Oh no! I did the slow tear down the cheek. Oh. I didn't want you to think it was something you were saying. Like you're no, I didn't even notice. I've been trying. Oh, you know. Man. I do the I do the like look into the distance talk, you know. I've I, I don't know where I learned that from somebody. I think it was actually it was a, it was an old jailbird buddy of mine that when he talked to you, when he was thinking real hard, he'd do this. He'd look. He'd always yeah. look away. He'd ponder. My yeah. mom gave me shit about that. She whenever I do these Zoom interviews, she would watch him and she say, "You're not looking at the like the camera. What are you doing? You're staring off into oblivion." Yeah. But I get completely that vibe of like you're kind of pulling from the cosmos for yeah. your next uh, sentence. There's also a New York thing. There's an, uh, somebody told me they said. It might have been an old girlfriend of mine. She says, you know, Vic, if you tried to read your lips, like, they couldn't do it. <laughs> they say, you know, that they're, they're like, hey, you know, you talk like this. You, you got to talk about something. You, just, you say this, you say that. You do yeah. that. Get into ventriloquism. We, we, we don't talk, you know. I, I, my mother had a joke, too. She, she said, yeah, she said, read, read my lips. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Looking away, looking away, talking like this. I think maybe it's just some Bronx gangster shit. I don't know, man. <laughs> I love your vibe from the second you stepped in. So I'm clear. Thanks, thanks man. Thanks again. High five at the end. I here, try man. to be. Oh. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching. And thank you. Indeed. Peace.